people, how are you? I hope you are doing well or fine. Fine is good enough for now. No one has to be well. I mean, I don't know if anyone's seen this episode of Bojack Horseman. Oh my god, of course I'm back at Bojack Horseman. This is like the greatest episode. It's called Free Churro. It's a 20 minute eulogy. It's just fucking phenomenal. But in this episode, it starts off with basically the day his mother died he goes to a jack-in-the-box and the lady who works at the jack-in-the-box asks him are you having an awesome day and he's like why didn't she just ask me how are you but instead she asked are you having an awesome day because then that puts the onus on him to answer no he's actually having a shitty day and actually he ends up saying that he does have a shitty day because his mom died and then she cries and then he gets a free churro thus title great episode everyone should go watch it i don't have a season or an episode number for you i don't give a shit just look up free churro but the reason that's in my head is i'm actually gonna do that for a speech tournament because i'm a fucking nerd and of course i'm gonna go to a speech tournament with bojack horseman how quintessential uh this weekend was our homecoming and I fucking hate social conventions. It's not that I'm against social conventions. I just think high school social conventions are kind of stupid. Like, last year I didn't really want to go to prom. And people were like, why don't you want to go to prom? I mean, it's like the one time you get to like dress up and hang out with your friends. And I'm like, bitch, have you ever been to a Desi wedding? Okay, there's like one a month. And uh, we get this opportunity all the fucking time. I actually think it's really weird because... Something that is always prevalent is this weird balance between culture. No, that's false. How do we, how can we call not white people culture culture and then like white people culture normalcy? Sorry. I think there's always a weird balance between like my American culture and what is normal for me. And trying to find that balance is probably one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do. And I don't think I have it yet. But I always think something that always brings that balance into a spotlight is dances. Because they're like the most fucked up social convention on the face of this planet. And like if you love them, I'm sorry. But I am I hate them. They're dumb. And they're a waste of time. Uh, they're fun, yeah. But like, come on. It's not that big of a deal. But it was our homecoming this weekend. And I went because my friends told me that I should go. And when I was there, I was like, I had a great time. Like, it wasn't like, I hated it. I just don't care for them. Like, my day wouldn't have sucked if I didn't go. The day after would have sucked when I'm, like, scrolling through Instagram and everyone's like, wow, look at my sparkly dress. And I would have been like, oh, man, fun. But when I was there, I had this this weird moment where I realized how much of my life has changed in the past couple months. And, you know, it was it was one brief minute. Like, it wasn't even that long of a thought. Just passed by me. It was a feeling, right? Like, I didn't think about it. I just felt it. I felt the difference. And I think I'd always felt the difference, and I just never accepted it. I never was like, wow, life is different now. Like, we all know life is different now. 
but sometimes we stand in a certain place and we feel it. And that often happens when there's consistencies in our life, which is why when we're afraid of the change that we've made, we're, we're terrified to go revisit those consistencies. I Basically, what I'm alluding to is if anyone's read Catcher in the Rye, which basically everyone should have read, artistry, J.D. Salinger is king. Also, in Bojack Horseman, they resurrect J.D. Salinger. Dude, the show's fucking phenomenal. In Catcher in the Rye, Holden Caulfield is terrified to enter this museum. Uh, you know, because he used to go there all the time when he was a kid. And he's, he's just so afraid that when he goes back in there, things aren't going to be the same. But then he realizes he's more afraid that things will be exactly the same. And then he'll have a reference point to see how different he is. And he just isn't willing to accept that change within himself. And so he never enters the museum. And when I was a freshman and I read this book, we had a close reading test on this chapter. And of course I understood it. I was like, oh, Holden Caulfield is afraid to go into the museum because it makes him feel, quote, blah, 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 unquote, page, blah, blah, blah. And then two sentences of analysis. And then my English teacher was like, good organization, which is fucking hilarious because now I suck at organization. And that was it. But I didn't understand it. I just didn't get the feeling until more recently when I pass by moments or things and the things haven't changed but I have and this happened the other day because I was like cleaning cleaning out some stuff in my closet you know just doing your little closet organization and you know there's just like a big fucking stack of jewelry that I don't touch because I don't use it anymore right um and there's there's one earring because I, I lost the other one in London there's one earring uh, from a pair that I wore every single day of freshman and sophomore year. Every single day. And, like, it just means a lot to me because, I don't know, there's so many sentimental things connected to those earrings. And so, I just looked at it. And I don't, I don't think when I wore it every day I ever took time to look at the earring. Like, there was, this, there was this bead on the earring, and I never knew that it was there. And I was like, what the fuck? I wore this for two years straight, and I never noticed. It's just in the shape of a leaf. And I just felt so sad that that point was over. That if, if the earring was the representation of a point in my life, that that story is over. And I'm not even continuing from that story right like if I had to write another story that that part of my life might get a brief I don't know one or two paragraphs of like context but that's it but it in itself is this whole other journey this whole other moment and it's done and it's weird because in life things are never fully over right obviously the fact that there's one or two paragraphs means that they're still connected that they're still like a bridge but I just didn't realize that I had crossed that bridge 100%. And I was just staring at this earring and I realized I've inevitably, obviously, just grown up. And I've wanted to grow up my entire life, so I don't know where this obsession comes from. Like, I just kind of want to go back. I want to go back to being a kid sometimes. Like, I want to be four years old and I want to be driven to Rite Aid because I don't know. I don't fucking know why. When I was four, we went and got ice cream at Rite Aid every fucking day. And I want to go get rainbow sherbet and eat it in a cake cone, which 
which is fucking nasty. Now that I, when I eat them now, I'm like, that's just paper. You're just eating paper. And then I want my sister, who always gets cookies and cream, to, like, regret getting cookies and cream like she did every time. And be like, Shenba, can I have your rainbow sherbet? And then I'd be like, no, it's mine. But then I'd be handing it to her while I said that. And then I would eat her cookies and cream. And then we would trade again, because that's what we did. Because that's what kind of siblings that we were. And my parents would take videos and take pictures and laugh and talk about things that I didn't understand. And I just, I've just in the past couple of days... I've just wanted to be a kid again. But that story is done. And it just occurred to me as I was holding this fucking earring. And I realized that as much as in that moment I wanted it all to end, for some reason I miss it so much. And that's that's dumb. Like this this earring is what I wore from ages like 13 to 15. I hated being 13 to 15. I was depressed. I was, you know, marginally suicidal. I was pretty fucked up, I guess. And I don't know. There's still a part of me that wishes that that was the time that I was in. And so today I started thinking about it. I was like, why? Why do I want to go back? You know, would I do things differently? Because that's the thing. A lot of people are like, do you regret all those things? And it's like, yes, being very depressed sucked. And yes, doing a lot of, you know, stupid decisions out of that sadness and like out of that you know unhealthy need to be validated was awful and yes I'm not proud of it but do I regret it I don't know because like a lot of the a lot of the things in my life that were good came out of me just sort of hitting rock bottom and so of course I never ever would want to hit rock bottom again and I would never want to go back and do those things. I didn't enjoy it, right? There's some things in my life I loved and I would do them again and again and again. But the way things happened, I mean, I they happened for a reason. So I don't think I regret anything per se. I just think that the way things happened happened the way they happened so that I could happen this way. And I'm okay with that. Yet, I do want to just, like, go back and be, like, 13 again. Even though I hated being 13. Like, every moment of it. Like, that was a point where I was not getting along with my parents. I had no real, like, friends or anything. School was really hard for me. And, you know, like, school isn't hard when you're 13. So, I was fucking, like, not at my par. And I was really confused where my obsession to go there came from and I think it comes from the fact that you know how it's going to end right like you know that everything is going to be okay so maybe it would have been easier to deal with all those problems knowing that it was going to be okay at the end right like knowing that the sadness I felt was you know not as permanent as I thought and it wasn't going to last forever in the same scope it still it still exists it's just different you know at some point like I wish I could just go tell myself that like you befriend the things that suck and you actually end up letting go of the things that were friends with you because those just added fire to the fuel let me clarify on that in the past couple months I've basically managed to burn every bridge that I spent so much of my life slaving away at building I mean, I was so obsessed. I was like, I need people to like me. And I, I want them to genuinely care about me the way that I genuinely care about them. Because nothing is as important in life as 
other people, right? And your relationship to other people. So I think I just gave up myself, like who I was, to be connected to other people. And I was so obsessed with that connection. And all I wanted was for someone to tell me that it was okay to be myself. I mean, obviously I could have told myself and I think I believed it, but I just kept looking for someone else to believe it. And I never found that. I got really unfortunate and I wasn't surrounded by anybody that cared. False. I was surrounded by a lot of people who cared, but I didn't I didn't care about their validation. I gave importance to people's who didn't care like I gave importance to their validation which was the first fucked up thing that I did right like I really looked for the sentiment of some people who could care less about me in general when I had a whole world out there that loved me and I was incapable of seeing it because I just was too ignorant to look there um, but I, I never could have realized to look there unless I burned the bridges that I burned yet I I regret it I think maybe life would have maybe I could have dealt with it maybe I could have figured out another way to deal with people other than just letting them go but I spent a lot of my life like losing myself in an attempt to be the person I thought they wanted me to be and it occurred to me and I I shit you not in 8th grade that I needed to stop like being friends with a lot of people that I was surrounding myself with that sometimes it would just be easier to be alone and sad than unvalidated humiliated and sad which is how I felt around basically everyone I've surrounded myself with for the past couple years I mean and by surrounding myself with it just doesn't mean like my day-to-day interactions most of the time the thing that makes me feel the most proud of who I am or my simple day-to-day interactions like where someone says oh I read that thing you wrote and I loved it and I'm like we don't even talk but thank you like that was the kindest thing ever versus someone who like thinks that them being friends with me justifies like you know some dickheadedness versus like I know we've been friends for a long time so I totally feel like I could say this you're just like really pretentious and kind of bitchy and I'm like that's like the dickiest thing to say thank you like common courtesy still exists if we're friends like rules just don't disappear because what I let you know some of my secrets shut the fuck up anyway back to yes in eighth grade I realized that some of my friends sucked dick and I I was too young to have an existential crisis right but I did I did you know I was 13 and I thought I am wasting my life with all these people but I had no idea what to do about it because I was too afraid to just leave right I was too afraid to just be the one weird kid who had nobody and maybe I would have been happier if I did that but I feel like no matter what I did when I was 13 I was I was gonna end up fucking depressed because who I am genuinely was not ready to be accepted by anybody around me it was not ready to be accepted by my parents at that time right now I'm very grateful that they can accept it but when I was 13 I don't think they took me seriously which makes sense who's gonna take a 13 year old seriously And I felt very alone, and I was like, I'm wasting my life waiting for people. But I did. I waited anyway. So it was like the most self-aware mistake I ever made in my life. I was like, I am throwing away my life, but at least I know I'm doing it, so let me continue to do so. And I I did that mostly because I didn't know what else to do, right? Like, I didn't know what the other alternatives were. 
I mean, the way I remember being 13 is I was the girl that, like, socially acceptable people were, like, the pity nice to, which I think is one of the shittiest forms of mockery, which is, like, where you're nice to someone because they're weird, just because you think it's, like, funny the way they interact with people, and I felt it. I felt the way they were making me feel like shit with casual conversation, but I would never feel it till afterward. So it would always be like, oh, hi, Shanba, how are you? And I'd like walk over with my fucking weird ass knee because I walk hella weird. And like, I would say, oh, I'm really good. And I would think they were being genuinely nice. And then I would hear like a little, <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, never mind. And I think it put me in this place where I constantly felt like really useless and, you know, less than everybody else. And it was on that moment that I thought, my life would be the exact same if I was or I wasn't friends with all the people around me because I think all I wanted was for someone to just be like just you know stop you know you can tell that she feels shitty about this so just stop and I think all I wanted my entire life was for somebody to stand up for me you know to prove that I was worth standing up for But never did anyone just, like, through some sort of indirect action, prove that I was worth that. And I feel like it's a lot to ask without asking. But, like, you don't want to ask people to stand up for you. You want to stand up for yourself. But I couldn't. Not not when I was a kid. And I think even now, that's all I want. You know, like, a public display of validation that is not direct in any form. It's an action, you know, whose subtitles basically say that I'm worth it. And I never had that, but I wanted it for most of my life. That is all I've ever wanted. I've, I don't, I've never cared that people think weird shit about me. No, all I've wanted is for someone else to just like stand up for me when I'm not there. Like I want to be able to trust my world in the sense that I know that even if I'm not there, there is somebody to defend me on my behalf. And I don't think there is. I don't think anyone will go out of their way to be like, no, no, she's good. I promise she's good. And that's basically why I burned a lot of the toxic bridges in my life. I just thought, if you were in a conversation with seven other people and they all made fun of me, would you, on your own, say, no, that's wrong? You wouldn't. So fuck you. And I don't know if I regret that decision. I know I said I don't really regret much. But maybe life would be better or less lonely if I didn't burn all those bridges. And I was passive and I just kept them. But I couldn't. I couldn't just be subservient to certain things that they did. And so, weirdly, the moral of the story is that sometimes you have to do the thing that is right for you. Even if, you know, it just seems so subconsciously wrong. And basically it's that the bridges added no value to my life. And actually ended up making my life subconsciously worse. Because I was surrounded by people that just didn't care about me or care about anything that I cared about. And so I let it all go. And, you know, yes, I am way way sadder in some aspect I think I'm happier in another aspect because 
Before I was sad that nobody got it, but now I'm just sad about the things that nobody got. So I'm not double sad, which I think is a good thing. So the moral of the story is, doesn't matter how afraid you are of loneliness. If someone's pissing you the fuck off, just let it go. You deserve better. Anyway, sorry for the sad one. Rest easy, Shenba.